thought I'd let the music go a little bit longer there. Really like this track. Music by J Plus One. Find them on SoundCloud. This is Dad's Gaming Corner. I am your host, Michael Masick. <laughs> Sorry, we are talking about the music beforehand, and I was just like, I really like that track. Play it again. So this is Dad's Gaming Corner for the week of Wednesday, October 14th, 2020. This is episode 38. Again, I am your host, Michael, and with me is my son, Jaden. Jaden, hello. Hello. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing all right, you know. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing good, but we need to get you to host the show. Well, like we're talking about this off air, but right, I need you to host right, the show. Right, right. But you're the host, and every episode you say, and here's my co host, Jaden. So I'm the co host. I'm introduced as a co host. If I introduced her, I'd be like, and here's my host. No, you'd be hosting it, and I'd be your co host. Right. Right. Well, we've got a big show for you all tonight. Uh, have an interesting topic. We want to talk about actually gaming with kids. And so we brought on a dad to talk with us on tonight's episode, Sam Carlson. You've been on the show two, three times before, four times, I think. Hey, everybody. How's uh, everyone doing? How long have you been on the show now? Is, it, is this your third time, fourth time? Third or fourth. I think fourth. I think you did it twice on your own. Well, and Star Wars counts as two. Oh, <laughs> that's not that, the, the episode <laughs> to begin all and to end all. <laughs> I, but uh, yeah, I think it's been four. You've been on. So, you've been on a few times, and Christopher's been so, on, and you brought your brother on. That's true. And, and speaking else, of Christopher, so. I want to give a shout out to all three of my amazing kids who are so faithful to listen to the show. They absolutely <laughs> love it. They're probably hey, your biggest would you, fans. Would you tell your kids I need them to get on Twitter and Facebook <laughs> and share it? Don't get on Twitter and Facebook because you know it'll happen. How about Tumblr? You do. Get them on Tumblr and have them share <laughs> the show. Tumblr's the last thing that you need to be on. But uh, shout out to my kids, Christopher, Samantha, and I love you guys. You guys are the best. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at DadsGC as well as Facebook.com slash DadsGamingCorner. And as always, you can drop us a line at HeyDad at DadsGamingCorner.com and give us your own stories, whether it be mom, dad, kid, just if you're a child, make sure you get your parents approval beforehand. So um, before we jump into the meat of the show, there is one piece of news that I wanted to, to uh, talk about. Um, I wanted to hear y'all's opinions on this. So Microsoft has been talking about, we're talking real big about their xCloud gaming for the last, you know, two, three, four years. It's been in development longer than that, obviously. Um, it's their online streaming gaming service. Uh, when Google announced Stadia a while back before it came out, uh, Sony and Microsoft both, you know, quickly, you know, you could tell they were panicking that this giant corporation, Google, was coming out with their own, you know, uh, online streaming gaming service called Stadia, and it was going to be this huge success, and they were going to be threatened because unlike having to buy a five or $600 console, you just bought a controller, you know, for the most part, and then you had what you needed in Chromecast. Um, Stadia came and went, and um, no one's talking about it. It doesn't work. Even in the best of circumstances, it doesn't work. They're still working out the bugs. Um, no one's talking about it. So that's given Microsoft time to kind of back, take it back, uh, few steps and look at it again and so um, Microsoft with their xCloud they had mentioned multiple times over the last year that they want their services everywhere Microsoft at heart is not a hardware company they're a software company that's how it is with Windows even with Xbox um, that's how it's always done with their consoles they are a software company that's what they pride themselves on um, you can look at the fact and we've talked about this on the show before where Xbox has their Xbox Game Pass uh, where they have what basically 100 games on there that you can play on your Xbox or your PC. Uh, Sony has their version of that. Uh, what is it, Play Now or something? 
um, can't remember the exact name right now, but yeah, it has like remember. 800 games on it. Yet Microsoft has almost a 10 to one subscriber comparison to Sony because the games that they're curating are that much better than what Sony's offering to players. And so Microsoft is a software company. They know what to do there. So with xCloud Gaming, the vision is that they could bring a streaming service with an app to pretty much any device and give you, again, like a curated group of 100 games for a monthly cost, monthly fee. Um, and they did it. It's on, you can get it on Android. And they brought it to iOS and Apple rejected it. And the reason Apple rejected it was that Apple said it was, it was, it was ridiculous. Um, I mean, you, and you can understand why when I say this. You're Microsoft, really close to insulting like your favorite company. I love Apple. <laughs> let me rephrase. I love, let me rephrase. I love my Apple devices. <laughs> I love my Apple devices. Um, my, so here's what, in a nutshell, without going too deep and technical, Apple said this. Um, go ahead. Bring the app. You have to give us a rating for the app. That makes sense, right? Rate the app. Okay. Yeah. If you need to, rate it up to mature if you need to. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that now. Because here's what Apple said. You have to individually submit and then content rate every single software title that will be included in the service. That's like Netflix coming out and saying, hey, you can sign up for Netflix. And this doesn't make sense. You can get Netflix on your iPhone right now, right? It has a, I don't know what the rating is, um, but it has whatever rating. But then Apple's saying, which they don't, okay, Netflix, every show, every content has to be yeah. individually submitted and individually rated for content. It makes no sense. And so that's what Apple's doing uh, to Microsoft. And so, so they push why back. Can't, so Netflix does that a little bit in the sense that you have the G rating, PG rating. That's, so that's why, in Netflix, so that's not on the App Store. In the, in the Netflix app itself. So you're saying, right. so Apple's telling yes. Microsoft they have to, the 100 games they want to bring in one Each app, they game, have to be separate in the, in the store? Not separate in the store. But each game must be submitted, even if it's going to be part of this package. Okay, let's say let's say it's a pack, part of a package of even just twenty games. Okay, right. within one app, each game must be rated separately. Each game must give a, a rating. You know, you know, teen, mature, you know, right. for everyone, whatever. Every game must be rated and submitted to Apple as a separate um, app, as a separate game, whatever else. Uh, it can't be this all-inclusive content. Which is, which is just ridiculous. I mean, it, that is very frustrating because, I mean, you could be, think about it, dude. You could be playing um, some of the best Microsoft games right now on your iPhone or on your iPad just hooking up an Xbox One controller via Bluetooth. That would rock. That'd be so cool. So they're not, so okay. So I guess I was picturing like really cool iPhone games. You're talking like full-fledged games that are just streaming straight to your phone. Yes, Yes, Where basically, different. it's the idea that Google has with Stadia. Play any games, anywhere. You, you said that. I'm just now starting to track with it. That's pretty <laughs> sweet. And so, um, you know, Microsoft's making some inroads here. You can do this already on you know, the Xbox, on your PC. Sony, in the same way, there's games that you can stream. We've got a show we're going to do about that as well. Uh, we've been testing that out. But coming back to this one here, Microsoft is determined now more than ever to bring xCloud Gaming to iOS. Uh, let me just read a couple things I have, have written down here. Frustrated by Apple's App Store rules, Microsoft will turn to the open web for its game streaming service. xCloud Gaming Streaming will come to iOS with a browser-based solution. The company is preparing an update to the current Xbox app that lets you stream games from your own Xbox on the same local network. So the way that would work is if you're 
uh, you've got to you've got to have a robust network here. I mean, that's a big deal. You've got to have a good router, and not, again, not be too far away. But if your Xbox turned on in the living room and you're in your bedroom, not too far away, you can stream games to it with this updated app that's coming out soon. That's cool in itself. Playing Xbox games on like your iPad or something, like while you're in bed, that'd be right. great. Okay, but still, you can't do it over the cloud. So, so what they're looking at doing, according to Business Insider Xbox head Phil Spencer, who tends to be kind of vocal on these kinds of things, uh, recently told employees at an all-hands-on meeting that the company will absolutely end up on iOS. Much like Amazon's just announced Luna Gaming Service, Microsoft will build a web-based solution that gamers can access on their iOS devices uh, and and once that's done, it's literally just like having one app installed, and it's just pulling out to whatever else. But it's just it's going to be web based, and so Apple can't control that, at least not unless they right. add something else into it. Over the last few years, Apple has been you know releasing their grip on the on the walled garden that is iOS over the last several years. Um, no reason for them not to embrace this. I mean, there's there's absolutely no reason whatsoever. It's, rumors have it that Microsoft's going to be targeting an early 2021 release on this, so sometime next year. That would be really cool to have on iOS. Now, um, so what are your thoughts on sorry, that? Sorry, um, you said something a minute ago. Sure. It would be really cool. You're in your bed. You want to play, continue playing your game, whatever it is, so you can keep playing your Xbox games you know, on your iPad in your bed. Well, what if? It's a great, great idea. And someone out there that wants to invent this, go for it. <laughs> what if they invented a console that when you want it on the big screen TV, you can play it on the big screen TV. <laughs> and then when you when you like need to go to bed and you want to chill in your bed, you just take the console you know, and you it would never play sell. it in your bed. It would never sell. But you'd have to make it, That's it, the worst want idea it to be ever. as like seamless as possible. So when you just kind of like take it off the TV, you'd want it to just like be right Sam, there and ready to Sam, play. you know how big and bulky consoles are. That no one wants to put that thing laying it on their stomach while they're trying I mean, to play. Yeah, maybe it was a dumb idea. But and then, <laughs> and then what you got? Get the we CRT, dream, okay? get the CRT television out and set it right there in your chest, and then you're playing Duck Hunt. <laughs> okay, fine. Yes. Uh, so the question begs: you know, with Microsoft doing this and wanting to bring XCloud everywhere, um, streaming games to the Switch to the Nintendo Switch is already happening. Has been happening for at least two years now in Japan. Uh, obviously, you know, um, it's, it's pretty much known that as far non as... Non-Nintendo games? Uh, like, no, I, no, for actual Nintendo games in the Switch. So the, any developed country, I mean, it's, the stats prove it. America is the most underdeveloped <laughs> developed company when it comes to infrastructure, when it comes to internet and things like that. Um, where I, you know, where we're recording this right now, I pay almost $100 to get 25 megs down. I can go five minutes north and get... I get a gig down for a hundred dollars and it just, it, it makes me angry, <laughs> but, uh, the U S is just so broad and wide. The infrastructure is just not there. Well, in Japan, they've incredible infrastructure. Um, and so there are services right now in Japan that's endorsed by Nintendo. I mean, it's running through Nintendo. There's final fantasy games. There's resident evil games that you can play on your switch. This is all legal. Nintendo's doing it. It's, it's, it's streaming games to the switch that are higher end running on cloud-based servers. And you're playing it on your switch because you're always connected, but they're Nintendo specific games. Well, I mean, when you say Nintendo specific, I'm not talking about Mario. I'm talking about again, resident evil that you can get anywhere. Right. No, but I'm, you know, the stronger game, the, the high quality games that are not released for the switch, but I'm saying 
they're not doing that with Xbox games or PlayStation games or something like that, right? Well, in Japan, they're doing it with games that predominantly have been on other systems, like the latest Final Fantasies, things like that. They're bringing them to Switch, but they're doing it through streaming services because the hardware can't handle it. But if it's all done in the cloud, all the processing, then it can. So, which will just make the Switch the greatest console of all time, (laughs) which it already is. So the question begs: What does this? What does X Cloud Gaming mean? For the Switch, now that Microsoft is taking this web-based approach to bring it to iOS, if, if they can do a web-based approach and make it solid, which I believe they can, and bring it to iOS, it's just another small jump to get it on Switch. There's not an official browser on Switch, we know that, but there is a web kit there they use to, you know, for logging with Facebook and things like that, and there's little, not hacks, but workarounds that you can right now get on the Switch and basically pull up Google on your Switch. There's ways to do that right now. I mean, it's... It's unofficial, but just it's there. So Microsoft could do this. I can see them submitting an app to Nintendo um, where they sell a subscription service and Nintendo gets part of the profits. I mean, just think about it. I'm thinking about it. (laughs) I want this. I'm liking it. Like, I want this now. Yeah, that's tremendous. I don't know. I just think it's really cool. Um, I think it definitely is time for this. I think it stinks that Apple is blocking this regardless of what their reasons are. Um, it's, I, I just think it's ridiculous. So I want to see this on switch, but anyway, uh, moving on from there, let's talk a little bit what we've been up to this week. And, uh, let's talk about some, start with shows rather than games. We'll talk about games here in a second. Um, Jade and I just watched the CBS all access documentary console wars, which is based on the book by Blake J Harris that came out in 2014. Amazing book, by the way, that, uh, it's, it's, it's a nonfiction book that talks about the, the whole console wars, the rise of Nintendo, the rise of Sega, how they fought out, how you know Nintendo was dominating 95% of the market, and then Sega comes up you know, bit by bit and then just dominates Nintendo. And then because of some really bad decision-making on uh, Sega of Japan side, not America, but Japan, basically cut the legs out of Sega of America, and because of, some, uh, of a really good game, Donkey Kong Country, the original one, brought Nintendo back up, and then you also hear some of the behind-the-scene deals where that, that before... One game, that one game brought them back up? It wasn't that one thing alone, but one thing that's cool is that when you... The documentary was good, and we'll talk about that here in a second, but the book was even better. But one of the things that's cool about Nintendo's history is that they you know, they started with 8-bit gaming. Let's, we won't go deep here, but let's just... You know, <laughs> Nintendo started with 8-bit gaming, okay? Well, Nintendo started before that. <laughs> Way before Trading Card Company and other things, but when they came into the video game market... Um, you know, in the in the early '80s, they had the Nintendo, which was an 8-bit system, and um, not 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 long after the 8-bit system, they came out with the Super Nintendo. You know, uh, being a 16-bit system. Well, Sega was already coming into the market trying to compete with Nintendo and everything else, and they're coming out with the Sega Genesis, as well as a 16-bit system. And the big you know console war right then with those two systems, I remember growing up was you're a Nintendo fan or you're a Sega fan. It wasn't mm-hmm. both. And it was always Mario versus Sonic. Mm-hmm. And when you did a side by side comparison um, of the of the you know the graphics and more specifically of the pixels and the colors and the sound and everything else, and you looked at Super Mario World, which is a fantastic game, but compared to Sonic, the first Sonic when it came out, it was a night and day difference. I mean, Mario looked washed out. It, it looked like a eight Super Nintendo Super Mario World Super yes. Nintendo. It looked okay. like an you know some it looked like a 8, 10, 12-bit, whatever, uh, game versus Sonic, which looked amazing. Um, you'll see this with any console, even with the first Xbox, even with the Xbox One currently or any PlayStation. The first few games of a generation always look the roughest, and then they 
developer magic happens, and then they come out with these games that look next-gen that are amazing. Uh, Luigi's Mansion uh, 3 for the Switch is one of those games that looks true HD. It looks 4K at times. It, it's gorgeous on the Switch, and you're just like, you wouldn't have seen that you know three years ago. Um, Halo 1 on the original Xbox, and then you go to Halo 3, night and day difference and how it just looks so much more beautiful. So Nintendo comes out with, you know, its game, Super Mario World, which is a great game, but then you have all the Sonic, which is so much brighter, so much more colorful, faster, all this kind of stuff. Great marketing and everything else. And go read the story, go read the book, it's great. And then Sega gains all this market share and actually starts out beating Nintendo. Well, towards the end there, and I won't, you need to go read it yourself, but there's some, uh, Nintendo and Sega were both working on side deals. Both companies knew they needed um, a new format to get mm-hmm. better graphics. Nintendo started working on a deal with Philips, which is now Philips Magnavox. And and Sega was working on a deal with Sony before there was PlayStation. Mm-hmm. So Nintendo and, and and Philips could never truly come together and, and make a system. They, they think there's one or two prototypes out there. It never really came to be. And then it, um, I think in Japan they did a couple of things, but it never really came to be. And so then they went and did the Nintendo 64. Sony and Sega could not come together. Uh, it started, but then once the hardware team went over to uh, Sega of Japan, uh, they they didn't like it. They they didn't like the infrastructure. They didn't like the way it worked. And they, they thought their idea was better. And that's where you get the Sega Saturn. And that's when Sony went out and made PlayStation. Um, it's one of the, uh, in that time, and I'll just finish this part right here. In that time, um, if you read any, Good, good books on the subject. Uh, Console Wars is a great one. There's several documentaries out there on YouTube and everything else. Um, when so- when Sega gets out there to announce the Sega Saturn, uh, there was so much division between Sega of America and Sega of Japan. Uh, and one of the biggest ones was on two different consoles where the Sega of America wanted to do the Sega Genesis 16-bit with a 32X, uh, basically upscaling little plug-in they were going to do. Japan Sega of Japan was doing Sega Saturn, and they won out because they're the main company. They do this huge keynote at E3, like all the companies do, mm-hmm. and they're and they showing here's our system and this and this and this. And now, mind you, this is in the early '90s, okay, mm-hmm. or early yeah yeah early '90s, and uh, three ninety nine, four hundred dollars back then. Yeah, wow. And they do this huge spill, very big and everything else. And it's I told Jaden because we were watching the documentary. I'm like, watch it. It's, wait for it. It's coming up. It's coming up. So, Sony comes out. With their first PlayStation, okay, mm-hmm. 32-bit, okay, um, he, the guy comes out, gets an applause. He comes out, and here's all here's all he says: sell price two ninety nine. Walks off the stage, and everyone erupts because it's a whole hundred dollars cheaper. Wow! <laughs> and they and they just won the market. It was yeah, crazy. But with really. Nintendo going back to Donkey Kong Country, talking about the difference in games between the beginning of a generation of a of a, of a, of a, of a console generation to the end. Nintendo was already working on the N64, and I believe they had already released the Nintendo 64. That I'm not positive on, but it was right there when they were about to release it. They needed to come up with a good holiday game. They had to come up with a game to get back market share because they were failing uh, in, a, in a bad way. And they came up with Donkey Kong Country, and go home, and if you have it, um, like if you have a Switch right now, you have the, you know, the Nintendo Switch Online SNES app. Long name, ridiculous name. And you can go and load this Super Mario Brothers World, the first one, and then look at, uh, or Super Mario World, and then load Donkey Kong Country. It's night and day difference on the quality. Look at down mm-hmm. to the pixel level of the character design and the facial expressions and the colors and everything. It's a night and day difference. Mm-hmm. And when they came out with that game, everyone had thought 
that that game was 32-bit when it was running on the 16-bit system. Because Nintendo went from an 8-bit to a 16-bit. Sega had a 16, or eight, they had an 8-bit, but what we know is Genesis was a 16-bit, and everyone was racing to get to 32. Mm-hmm. Sega Saturn, 32. So any PlayStation 32, Nintendo skips 32 and goes straight to the N64 with 64-bit console, mm-hmm. which, you know, that had its own issues. But um, when Donkey Kong Country came out, it was such an incredible game. It won back tons of customers. It was great. It was great. It's a good game. It's a great game. So anyway, we watched Console Wars. <laughs> we did watch Console Wars 30 years um, later. <laughs> yeah, it is a CBS All Access uh, documentary. It's about an hour and a half long. Uh, has a, it's TV fourteen rated. Um, it's averaging right now. It's fluctuating between seventy five to I saw up at eighty one at one point on, on Medicare or Rotten Tomatoes. That's normal. It just came out. Not everyone's seen it yet. Um, it's, it's a, a documentary. Why are people rating it? <laughs> well, because well, I, uh, okay, so rating it yes, but why are people? How is it fluctuating on a? On Metacritic, like oh, I think I think it's because not all the critics have weighed in yet. Not all the users have weighed in yet. And if you're and and if the point though is because it's a documentary, I'll say this: there's some. I, I have a I have a few documentaries that are video game documentaries. Um, there's one about Donkey Kong. Can't remember what it's called, but there's one about Donkey Kong. It's great. One of my favorites is uh, uh, indie. What's it called? Uh, indie the movie. It's one of the first movies about indie games. Uh, great telling all through it there's some really good ones out there this one was good um it's kind of boring it was Jaden. yeah Jaden was bored at times uh the writing felt cheap at times or not the writing the direction how they were going felt cheap at times and a little confusing how they kept going forward and back forward and back forward and back yeah i noticed that um and so it just didn't feel completely put together it almost felt rushed a little bit like they could have spent you know another six months to a year on it um i don't know um, I love documentaries, um, but, but I, good, I think I think seventy five percent for me I'd be in that category. So, but yeah, it was fun. We enjoyed it. Uh, we also just finished uh, season seven of Doctor Who. Seven? Is it, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, season seven. Huh. Oh, yeah. is this the watch through with Caleb? Yes. Yes. Gotcha. We just finished season seven, and it what, oh, what's that last episode? Well, technically, it was not the last episode, but it's it's the Christmas it's special. Myths. Yeah. Um, the name of the doctor. Name of the doctor. Oh, mm. I still say it's one of my favorites. It was, yeah. It's one to me. It's one of Matt Smith's best performances. Which one was that again? It's the one where he stays. He stays in. He's the, on Trenzalore, and he stays on the uh, town. In the, in the town named called Christmas. Christmas. Town called Christmas. Yep. Oh, mm. but his heart, like you see, his heart in that episode uh, to defend, mm-hmm. and you know he's been the three hundred years, and then even longer, and even after after he gets his heart, as he continues to stay. Um, as always, taking care of the ones that he loves, sending uh, Clara off, um, taking care of the city, all the kids, and it's just, I love that episode, and so, um, loving that. And then, uh, we've started watching Star Trek Lower Decks. Again, that's also a CBS All Access uh, show. It's rated TV 14. Common Sense Media gives it a 13+, plus, which I think is, I think it's, I think that's a pretty good rating for it. Um, Sam, you've, you've liked Star Trek, different pieces of Star Trek here and there. Yep. yep. Um, have you watched... Lower decks, I I haven't. Um, I I'm sad to say there's a lot of Star Trek I haven't seen, especially now when you have. There's a lot of Star Trek I haven't seen. To be honest, I, one of these days I'm going to get around to watching Picard, Picard, which I raved about when I saw it coming out. I thought it was so cool, and now that it's out, I haven't watched it. But you know, I've only I watched Star half Trek. of it. I've, I've only I love Star Trek. I've only watched half of it. Same thing with Voyager. I watched not Voyager. I love Voyager. Voyager. Um, awesome. Um, no, what's the one? 
before Picard. Um, my mind just complete blank. The original? No, 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 no. The one before. Um, um, Enterprise. No, the one before Picard. The actual Picard series. That's the only one I know. Um, Did, not Discovery. Discovery. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. That's that was the but one. But that's that still out. going on. Yes. Uh, it's probably going to end soon. Um, oh really? So I watched bad. season one, and I have yet to get to season two, and I've. Problem is, I go so long in watching it, that's to start back over from right. season remember, one again. Remember what happened? Get caught up. Um, I will say this: um, we've only we've, what we're three or four episodes in now, Jay. Uh, I was gonna say two. No, we watched two back to back, so I think we're in episode four now. We did. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think we're in episode four now. Um, I'll oh, say this: okay. uh, I'm really enjoying this, and I've seen you know all, all the originals and everything else, uh, everything except for what we just talked about. You know, love Star Trek. I'm loving this. I love how they're, it, this is really like CBS who owns Star Trek and in themselves kind of like throwing mud in their face, you know, about all of these. Uh, you said it perfect last week, Jay. Uh, how'd you say it? About how Star Trek normally seems real uptight and uptight just. Uptight and like just robot-y and like not human-like at all. Like the bridge crew. Right. They're just all really like, I don't know. And then like this annoying. Show. I don't know. This shows, <laughs> yeah. This shows more like the characters actually act like people, like a person would act. You know what I mean? Like they have actual personalities and say words that are in a normal person's vocabulary and stuff. You know? I think it, I think it may, you kind of touch on a good point there because shows like that you you see. I mean, it's the captain with Picard and his bridge crew, Riker. Uh, Picard, like they're people who have been working in, they're, they're the best of the best. They've been working in Starfleet for a long time for some of them, top of the class. I mean, the, the stars. And so there, there's definitely something about them. And, and as the viewer, we kind of grow up with seeing that. But when you think about it, the people, the people on the lower decks of the enterprise would have looked up and revered them as like, the captain and you can see that in some of the episodes that you know especially the ones with the kids where they kind of like picard is this untouchable figure that that we as the viewer again we grow to we get to know him and we see him we see his character develop but from that perspective they don't see that so there is an element of maybe more down to earth mm-hmm. in 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 that idea well the whole second episode of um Lower decks. Lower decks is that they are doing second contact to a planet, and you always hear about first <laughs> contact. That sounds familiar. Maybe you and told me and they're that. saying, well, it's the second contact that does all the work. We're the ones that actually. <laughs> first contact comes down, and we will bring you Federation aid. Right. We will bring you food. We will bring bring you you know whatever. We we will bring you medicine. And it's the second contact that comes, like, and we car- ran out of. The they're medicine. the ones carrying all the, you know, the, the the containers, and they're the ones getting stuck in the rain, mm-hmm. and they're the ones that have to work when there's a mud storm flying sideways, and they're the ones. And so in the show, uh, there's a couple characters that are they're fans of all the other characters. And um, what's uh, what's the setting? Is it on the Enterprise? No, 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 no. It's a different ship altogether. Okay. Different ship altogether. And um, but it, but it takes place after, um, at least after. Voyager, yeah, at least after Voyager. Maybe even after, I'm trying to think where the official timeline is. It's at least after Voyager because uh, every episode they make comments to different people. Worf, Janeway, Picard. I mean, Su- Sulu. I mean, what, what was that one episode where um, 
Uh, I forget. It, I won't go there. But basically, it makes the comment of, "Ooh, we need. Maybe you'll be the sword guy. We we need a new sword guy. We haven't had sword guys in Sulu. You could be the new sword guy. You know, they're just all excited about it. But one of the things that uh, I talked about last week that I really liked about the show, and I want you to watch it, is that every Star Trek, uh, except for Enterprise, um, has this very open, majestic. You know, after you get through the intro, few scenes mm-hmm. where they show all the credits. That's extremely long with all the music and whatever spaceship it is. You know, Enterprise, Voyager, whatever. It's going through. It's going around a planet, mm-hmm. right over a meteor shower, through a big atmospheric plume of gas right. and everything else. And in this one, <laughs> <laughs> in this one, as they're going. Over the uh, the meteor shower, they dip a little bit, and all of a sudden the, the the ship gets beat up and they fall down. And then the next scene, they're going through the gas and they come out of it, and there's this big space alien sucking on half of the ship. Or another one, they're going over an ice planet or whatever else, or ice that's in there, and then they, they chip off part of it on one of their cells. And uh, oh, and then one of the final. And this c- is in the intro. Intro, <laughs> yes. Wow, and is it a comedy? It yes, it's funny. Yes, it's not to be taken seriously. Because I love comedies. I'm always looking it's, for a good you comedy. You need to check it out. Um, and then uh, one of the, the last scenes is that, um, you know, their ship comes in, comes out of warp, and, and all you see is tons of Borg cubes. And there's a lot of, um, oh, my, my Star Trek cred is, is falling. I just forgot the names of them again. Uh, oh, a bunch of Romulan ships out there fighting the Borg. And their little ship gets up there like they're about to, joining the fight they get attacked one time and they turn around and flee <laughs> it's great and so you know in the in the in the cast you've got um, crew members that are idolizing the past and they mm-hmm. want to be like them you have other ones that are like what's your what's the deal who cares you know whatever um this one guy he just wants he just he's in love <laughs> with the warp core yeah. and so uh this new person comes into the ship and uh the two other characters are, are trying to give this this new girl who's a science officer a tour of the ship and um uh, these other two are both in command uh, training and everything else. And um, one of them, you can tell, and I won't do spoilers, but she's been uh, she's been um, knocked down. Um, words are not coming to me tonight. Demoted. Demoted. Thank you. She's been demoted, and so she's back with the beginning people and everything else. And the, and she's like, "Oh, you've got to go see the transport. You know, the uh, uh, holodeck." And he's like, oh, you don't want to see the holodeck. You want to go see the, the warp core. She goes, come to the holodeck. So they go to the holodeck, and this this uh, this new ensign right there who's uh, a science officer, she's like, what does this do? Anything you want. Think of what's the most beautiful place you can think of. And so she goes, I don't know. So the other girl's like, well, she just starts naming places one after the other. She's like, this is so real. And then she goes, okay. And then she names a place off her home planet, and you see all this water everywhere, and just everything's just gorgeous and beautiful. I mean, you've seen Star Trek and how the holodeck works. Right. And she's loving it, and then she finally goes to the, to the main guy, and she goes, okay, you try it now. He's like, um... Uh, no, really, anything you want. Um, <laughs> computer, show me the warp core. <laughs> and you have this warp core, and he's like, oh. And they're like, like oh, my gosh. So anyway, it's funny. The show's funny. I mean, there's some humor in there that's just like, okay, this is just stupid. Um, but that's the best kind. It, yeah, you know, back and forth. You know, it's it's it, it can be. It can be. I know that's what you really like. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this is definitely not a Christopher show. Um um, I think the the rating of was it coming coming since media gave it uh, thirteen 13. and up. Um, there there are a couple of lines that that I cringe around Jaden because he's still my little boy even <laughs> though he's fifteen, um, and I'm fine with him. But yeah, that that's really about it. So, but you need to check it out. Gotcha. Is check it, it out? Uh, let me know. Uh, Twenty minute format or forty? 
20. 20. It's a 30 it's a 30 minute Damn, show. Yeah. Like how many minutes. seasons are there? Uh, it just started. It just started. Oh man, and I like coming in after there's a lot of seasons. Well, no, no, no. CB, I mean, it just started, but I think there are like seven or eight episodes out right now. So, I mean, it's it's fun. And here's a we mentioned it last show, so I won't go deep into it. But if you don't have CBS Access right, All Access right now, which is ten dollars a month, if you're an Apple TV, it's like we're an Apple show. We are not an Apple show. We're not getting paid to say this. But let me just say it anyway. They're getting paid. If you <laughs> if you are an Apple TV subscriber. Okay, um, which they started last year. Um, basically, if you bought any, almost almost any new Apple device last year, you got a year for free of Apple TV subscription. Well, if you're a subscriber, you can get uh, CBS All Access, which is $10 a month, and Showtime, which is like $12 a month, together for $10 a month. And Apple's doing more and more of these deals where they're bundling channels to you know up their own services. So, and if nothing else, you can sign up for a seven-day trial, watch it, and then cancel it. Did that, used it. Oh, well, did that with Joy's used hers. That's what G- I, so that, that's what Gmail's for, dude. <laughs> I don't mind paying for a month and getting a good show out of it. It's a sure. great show. It's a great show. All right, let's talk about games. games. Um, what we've been playing. So, Sam, why don't you hit us off? What What have you been playing lately? Well, let's see. We um, found a buried gem in the game called Yoshi, uh, which is available in the. Um, uh, it's available in the NES uh, app in the Nintendo Switch, where they have all the games, and it's a it's a really simple game. Basically, all you're doing is you see five little figures of from uh, Super Mario Brothers. You see uh, the piranha plant and the ghost and things like that, and it drops down almost like a Tetris sort of thing. It drops down, and you just kind of move the pieces because you want to get the two identical. Um, you want to get the two identical uh, guys to touch each other, and then they disappear, and you, um, you know, you eliminate everything on the screen. So super basic, super easy as far as to pick up, but just a lot of fun playing with with my wife and with my brother and his wife who are visiting. Um, just you know, jump in there. You can play for five minutes, be done with a few rounds, and then be done. So lots of fun. That's cool. It really is fun going back to some of those old NES games, especially for the longer ones, and you can use the save states so you can pick yourself right back yep. up. In the rewind, love that rewind. Yeah, that's a it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, Jaden, what have you played? Um, whole bunch of nothing. I'm trying to think what, uh, what's gone on this past week. We've been busy. Yeah, um, nothing really. Um, I'm trying to remember what I've even done. All right, let me start my, my list, time. and then you can you can jump in. Okay. Um, I've picked up Hades again a little bit, but I haven't had time to really put time into it like I want to. But gosh, that is such a great game. I mean, it's by far the, the best uh, indie game that's that's coming out that that has come out this year or will come out this year, in my opinion. And it's just amazing. I don't know the last time I found an indie game that was like just this good. I mean, it's. Oh, you don't give tens to almost anything, but this game could be a ten. I mean, it's just it's such a great game. Uh, I, I watched one reviewer talking about it, um, and they and the, the that little you know blurb they put at the end is the only problem with this game is that it, it's so addicting. <laughs> it really is. It's such a great game. Um, I, we talked about last week on the show about how the Pikmin Three Deluxe demo dropped on the eShop, um, and you can play that. And what's great about it is that whatever you, however far you get in the game. When the game comes out, if you buy it, your saved file moves over, so you don't lose any of your progress, which is great. But also, if you uh, if you beat the demo before the game comes out, you actually unlock the what was it called? Uh, ultra spicy, 
Yeah, ultra spice. It's uh like a new difficulty. But it's ultra, called ultra spicy yeah, ultra or super spicy. something like that. Ultra spicy. But you would unlock that difficulty as well as some additional bonus uh, missions when the full game comes out. And I, that was my goal to beat the demo, and I beat it way too fast. <laughs> Man, I love Pikmin. Like hearing that music come back and everything else. Sam, did you ever play Pikmin? Nope. Originally came out on the GameCube. Uh, Pikmin one, Pikmin two. They saw a re-release on the Switch. I'm sorry, not Switch on the Wii. And then uh, Pikmin three came out on the Wii U, and then Pikmin or then Hey Pikmin came out on the 3DS. That game was just yeah, it was all right. Nope, never played it. The only thing that's the one where like there's this little tiny guy figure, and he has these tiny little like squid looking things that he throws or yeah. something. No, they're not squids. They're like flower based, little flower looking things. So I actually don't like him, and the reason I don't like him is that when I Shut your first mouth. got. Super Smash Brothers and was playing the solo. <laughs> I was doing great and blowing through the guys, and then I fought him, and it absolutely destroyed me. And I could not it's figure like out what it was I was doing wrong, what it was I was missing, because those thingies, things he's throw are kind of small. Like if you're not looking, they they make they this like. <laughs> but he would like absolutely destroy me, and I couldn't figure out what he was doing. So that actually made me stop playing Super Smash Brothers, and I kind of hate him. <laughs> well, try the demo. It's a fun demo. Uh, oh, wow. Dude. I was watching you play the demo. Uh, was it yesterday? But you saw like the last five minutes before the demo was over. No, no, no. no. <laughs> right. But the last five minutes I saw, I was very annoyed. Why? Because there was this weird, like you just said, they make that noise. And that's like a constant thing. Well, well if they're carrying an object back, there's like this. That's like they're, mar- like they're marching. Yeah. yeah. It was a very weird, and then you were like throwing them at things. I don't know, man. It was kind of I don't know. It the, was kind of the game. And I mean, download the demo. But the game in summary is simply just you. You are an astronaut. I mean, this is the first one, but all three stories are the same. You're an astronaut. <laughs> you land on a planet that's uh, unintentional. You don't mean to be there. Your 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 um your ship's broken up in pieces, and you got to find the, the spaceship. Uh, it's kind of like Toe Jam and Earl. Um, but no, anyway, so you're this guy and you're trying to find out if there's anything like, is it a dangerous planet? Is it, you know, is it hostile? Is it, is there food to be had? Is that, what's the weather like? All this kind of stuff. And you inadvertently run into these plant-like creatures called Pikmin. And there's, there are red ones, yellow ones, blue ones. Later they added purple. They added, uh, these, these rock ones that are black. I feel like I'm forgetting a color. Um, orange, orange, no. pink. Anywho, Magenta. what they what they end up doing <laughs> what they end up doing is uh, is that they they're not they're not hostile and they you can use them and so um, they have this, their own little pods like little spaceships called an, it's called an onion uh, it's both their way of transportation as well as kind of like the reproduction thing because you can go kill like a like a like a butterfly or a, or a larger monster and then they'll carry it back to their onion and it, and it sucks it up. Like with a transporter beam, and then it shoots out little seed pods that plant. And there's actually <laughs> there's actually there's actually a line <laughs> there's actually a line in the third game uh, somewhere when he first discovers it in the third in the third one, and he says something like, uh, "What did he say? Um, oh, what was it? Uh, today's t- today's what's so funny?" <laughs> he was just explaining, and I looked over at you, and you had the best look on your face. You were just kind of looking at him all confused <laughs> and like almost frustrated by the way he was explaining. There was a line, no, there's a line where he makes something like, because after you, you kill something, the Pikmin take it back to their onion to be recycled, basically. And there's a line he says, something along the lines of, 
uh, today's enemies become tomorrow's food or something like that. Kind of gruesome. Or, and it's just, it's like, that really is gross thinking, but it's that's how it works. And then you you just multiply the different types of Pikmin. Each color has its own abilities. The blue ones can go into water and not drown. The red ones are fire resistant. The, electro, the yellow ones have... Uh, yeah, uh, resistant to electricity. The the black ones you can they're rock shaped, so they can uh, be thrown and and charge against harder surfaces like glass and whatnot to break things down. It's a great game, um, and the two player mode is a lot of fun. That's what I was trying to tell you, Jay, is that I want to play mm-hmm. with you because I could totally see you and Samantha playing this game or any of your kids playing this game um, because you can split off in the same mission, control different astronauts, and go after different objectives. You could go after you know like getting the next piece you need and she can right. go off and get you know the flowers and the the butterflies and stuff and then you're you're working together like literal flowers and butterflies well they're <laughs> flowers and they have these big like like pellets in them they'll have like a number like one or three or five and that's how many pikmin it takes to take it back and that's how many pikmin, pikmin will come from that pellet so anyway hmm, interesting we'll talk about the, the game more when it comes out but uh did beat that had a lot of fun um ease origin i talked about that last week um we got a review code for that game Really digging this game. This is this is a long running franchise. I mean, spanning decades, and uh, this is one. This is the only one that's on Switch right now. So much fun. It's kind of like a action slash RPG slash I don't know what, but man, it's fun. It's fast paced. And then um, we did our review of Windbound last week on the show. And mm-hmm. I cannot get enough of Windbound. Was I, that I, last week? That was last week. I am sinking so much time into Windbound. I love Windbound. It's the survival game mm-hmm. where there's a lot of sailing involved, but rather than just it being a mode of transportation from Island 1 to Island 2, it's a big part of the it's game that's enjoyable. Game, right? And I showed you that video footage yeah. uh, it a couple really days cool. ago. Yeah, like the physics as you're, mm-hmm. you know, and you start with a canoe, you build it larger, and it's just... Oh. And you, you actually sail. Yes. Like an arc. Uh, you, you build like a raft, but you just go forward. Right. Like you don't do anything. Or even Zelda you know, Wind Waker. That's a, a lot of comparisons were given when the game was first announced. And it's not like that. I mean, you actually are sailing and you have to raise the mass, you know, higher or lower. You, you loosen it. You tighten it. The sail, depending if you're going with the wind, against the wind, cross winds, whatever else. Uh, I've tipped the whole boat over, flipped it over. Um there's, I went through this one storm where the whole thing comes airborne and then crashes back down. Wow. When I first played this game, I actually got motion sickness and playing it in handheld. No. I mean, oh, it's, it's, a <laughs> so great, like it, it's a great game, and I can't talk highly enough about that game. So, yeah, it's windbound. Um, but tonight, we are going to take some time and talk about Ari and the Secret of Seasons. And so let me just give a couple things up front about this and then... Um, Sam, with you on the show, I know you had this game as well. We received uh, um, review codes, two of them, to talk about this game. And so I know you spent some time with it. I mm-hmm. spent some time with it. Most of your time was before a lot of the patches came out. And I don't know if you've played it. Have you played it much since the patches? I, I got to play it a little bit today. Okay. So let's we'll talk about that here in a second. Um, and, and I did say I, I played some beforehand, and then I stopped, and then I did most of my time afterwards. But um, So this is Ari and the Secret of Seasons. It's rated E, 10 and up. It's $39.99. Um, you can get it on the Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Steam. It's from uh, the developer uh, Exxon uh, Software, published by Modus Games. And um, yeah, let's, uh, it's a 3D adventure. And so let's talk a little bit about this game, what we, what we liked, what we didn't like, um, what we appreciated. Uh, what was game breaking? 
just you know, talking a little bit about it. Um, just let me read this one little blurb right here. Uh, this is from their site itself. It says, Ari and the Secret of Seasons is an award-winning adventure game following a young girl named Ariel or Ari as she journeys across the great world of Valdi. By becoming the guardian of winter, Ari gains the ability to manipulate the seasons around her. Ari will learn to control the seasons and use them to defeat enemies, overcome obstacles, and solve complex puzzles on her adventure across Valdi. So, um, and we, we've got key features here that we can read about the you know dynamic environments and the fluid combat and the alluring 3D world and the captivating uh, storytelling and the rewarding exploration and just reading those individual points that I just read on paper. This looks like a great game, but I've I've got some big issues with each one of those issues. So these features, I well. thought these were ones that you typed up. Is this these this are is the from official the, description? This is the, the official description. That makes a little more sense because and I when was I, reading it, I was like, wow, when I, okay. I, That's the thing. When, I, when I'm reading this, I'm like, yeah, I... Okay, so let, let's, let, let's talk about this game um, and what we... M- just how we feel. And I want to be very clear up front. Um, we, or let me say this, I delayed the review of this game by at least um, five, six weeks, seven weeks. I'm not sure. I can remember when we first got the review codes. Um, because when the game was first released, and I mean everywhere, not just Switch, everywhere, uh, the game felt very half-baked. Uh, it felt like a game that was in early access. Um, most review scores and, and websites out there were giving it a lot of fives, a lot of sixes. This, I mean, this was across the board. Um, and it's not because the game itself is a bad game, but there were so many issues and problems with the game. Um, I had uh, um, somebody from Modus Games reach out to me and saying, when can we expect your review? And I said, well, in, in, in a nutshell, I just said, you know, honestly, I, I, we could do it now. I said, but because of the issues, we were hoping to get a few patches out first to see if it fixes some of these big issues. And they said, thank you for being patient. Yes, that's fine. And so we waited. The patches came out, and I said, I, I, put, in, I put in time before the patches, and I put in uh, a lot of time after the patches, and I see a noticeable difference. I'm like, okay, let's go ahead and bring it all together now. So then um, the reason I said that up front is that if you played this game in the beginning, or maybe you saw uh, footage online and you researched it and and you know, it, it got the fives and the sixes, and you said, oh my gosh, I'm never playing that game. Um, you owe it to yourself to at least listen to what we're going to say and then go out and make a fresh opinion. Um, I understand the reason we don't get re-reviews from companies, but I sometimes, this is another game. Windbound was a, was a similar game. I wish this game would get a second review across the board from everyone because um, it, it's it's fixed a lot of the issues. I don't think it raised it a whole bunch, but I think it would raise it some. But again, I understand why they do what they do because you bring a product to market, that's how you're being judged, period. So anyway, right. um, so tell me what some of your experiences, uh, handheld, docked, how'd you play, play primarily? What did you notice? And we'll kind of just go down the list here. So I've only done it on the handheld mode. That's typically how I play uh, most of my Switch games. Um, played on the handheld. Um, I'm not sure how much like to say because I don't want to kind of. Well, did you play? It. Did you play it uh, docked at all? No, I didn't. I didn't play. Do you mean try it? Docked. I, I I got a report that the bugs were a lot more severe in the docked mode, so I kind of avoided playing it. There were times in the begin, in the very first part of the game. This is pre patches, um, and it, it was rough on all systems, but the Switch definitely had the roughest version. 
uh, where I, I could be standing in the beginning level, like before you even walk into your home or anything else, and you're just trying to see what's going on, or maybe right after that, you're just mm -hmm. walking around. And kid you not, everything around you is winter. This is before you know the cinematic happens and everything turns into summer or mm -hmm. whatever. Right. It's winter. And I just turned the camera angle just one little bit, and now everything's summer. Turn the camera angle back a little oh, bit, wow. everything's, I mean, things like that. In docked, major frame rate issues. The game would super slow down, things like that. Yeah. Um, let's talk about a few, let's do it this way. Let's talk about some of the things that we enjoyed about it. Uh, I, thought, I thought the soundtrack was great. I really enjoyed the soundtrack. I, I enjoyed the soundtrack. Uh, I thought it was a little short. Uh, a little repetitive. repetitive, yeah, yeah, a little repetitive. But I did enjoy it. It was very pretty. It was it was fun. It was kind of yeah. How did you feel about the overall art style and the animations? Uh, I I enjoyed the art. I enjoyed the art style, animations. Uh, I don't know that I can speak specifically to that. I don't yay or nay. I didn't really notice anything specific about the animations, but I enjoyed the 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 look of the game for sure. So it reminded me a lot of Zelda. Um, a lot, of, yeah. So there's, there's, you can definitely tell there's a heavy um, Zelda, you know, inspiration here. Yeah. Here's, and I don't know if I put it in my notes here or not. I think I did. Um, yes, I did right here. Mm -hmm. um, this game reminded me of a 3D game that I would have played on the Wii, on, on the original Wii, not the Wii U, but the original Wii. So not an N64 game, mm -hmm. but not quite HD either. Right. Um, it's like you know, Mario 64 came out. You know, Zelda, Ocarina of Time, and Joris Mask, these games come out, you know, um, do these amazing 3D games, you know, GoldenEye, things like that. Uh, Sony starts their own 3D games and everything else. Um, Sega does as well before they fall away. <laughs> um, and the thing about this game is that I don't care for the art style, and I, but I didn't know why. Because there are times where I'm like, well, that's, that's, that's pretty. Or the, or the cutscenes are great. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, it feels lifeless. Like when I look in mm -hmm. Ari's face, I don't, there's not a person there. And I know, I mean, that sounds silly. We're talking about a video game. But you've played games where you look into their eyes. Okay, think about a Pixar film. Well, well, let's stop there real quick. Sure. How much time do you spend looking in people's eyes in video games? <laughs> like really getting <laughs> absorbed into their eyes. Because this <laughs> Let me think about this. I got to just set the mood. Because this is a little concerning now. There's an indie game called, uh, uh, is it Old Man's Story? No, it's not it. Something like that. I cried in that game. Mm. But, um, no, I don't, just like, I, here's the here's what I kept coming back to, and I'm not trying to, com I'm not trying to compare them at all, when I'm not comparing, you know, this, this game at all to, to Pixar, but think about even like a short film from Pixar, okay? Even some of the early stuff. And then you go see, um, you know, I grew up on 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 Superbook, um, and then oh, back yeah. in the hand drawn Japanese style <laughs> anime, right, mm -hmm. like the old style. Well, have you seen recent Superbook where it's all three D models and it's like veggie right. shows? Yeah. It looks terrible, doesn't it? So I've I've seen it very much in passing. It definitely looks more, and it's been a while, but it definitely looks like. Um, you know, modernized, not necessarily in a good way, but just like it's modernized. They, it's three D. They 3D. tried to update right. it. Have they, you seen Garfield? Uh, the updated Garfield that they not the movie, but the TV show Garfield. It's, again, oh, no. it's three D. There's a lot of cheap three D animation being done. I know. I that can kind of picture what you're lifeless, referring to. Yeah, like a shell of a character. Mm -hmm. um, and there are times with the story that Ari plays out that 
I'm, 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 the story's charming. I'm into the story. Um, but the, the 3D animation feels like a game from the Wii era. Like mm. it would have been a, you know, a Wii or maybe, maybe that's too hard. A, a GameCube game, maybe. Um, PlayStation 2 game or something, yeah. you know. Um, Especially scenes with the prints. That's kind of like what I'm picturing yes. now. And maybe some yes. of the big monsters, the big like ox dudes that carry that kind of, yeah. Which the first time, I'll be honest, first time I saw the ox dude, that was pretty cool though, that first fight. <laughs> when you're going for the well, first he, I, well, It wasn't that he was terrible. I enjoyed the fight, but yeah. but that's kind of, now that I'm thinking about it, that's where I'm seeing that. All of the characters that out. she talks to in the market square in the beginning of the game in her hometown, you know, all of those interactions with her mom. Um, it just is like this lifeless 3D type mm-hmm. of animation. There was there, there was a spark missing, and I'm not sure what it was. It had no soul. I don't know if it was like a lot of games are right now. We have all these old style games making a comeback on this current gen hard you know hardware. You know you have like 16 bit, 32 bit things coming out, but and that kind of works. But you don't have 3D renderings that feel old coming to current hardware. And I'm not sure if that's the issue I'm having. But anyway. Um, I do like the soundtrack, uh, and you're right, it is short. I do appreciate the size of the world because the world feels big, but it also feels empty. Um, it very feels very so. empty. I could, I can run, for, I mean, it's like, let me, give me a mount by this point. Um, uh, and it's so empty to where it's like you can fight mobs or you cannot fight mobs. There's not really a reason to fight mobs. There was, but even with all the space, there was, I, I think empty is a great way to describe it. Because there wasn't really you you could you could look at a distant place and kind of go there, but why? But it just felt like it just kind of looked cheap. Now the more I think about it, now that I'm kind of seeing like picturing the animation, you're right. It just kind of looked cheap. It looks empty. And the thing is, this is an indie studio, and so the the sheer size of the world. I mean, it feels big. It feels huge, and I think it's very ambitious for the indie studio to do what they did. I mean, it's that, that's not the issue. The size of the world's fine. Um, but because of the size of the world, um, it does feel very empty. And I just, I don't know. I'd say because of the size of the world, because it is empty, it feels too big to me. Or, or at the very least, had it not been so big, I would not have felt like it was missing anything. Because and, and it I was like they, they made it so big and then we're like, oh, we got to fill it up with something. Let's put some stuff here. Let's put some stuff there. And it was just like there was nothing special about it. And, and, okay, and so on that point, um, because it felt so void of of you know life, void of purpose, um, there was very few things that that kept me. There's very few things that made me want to come back and play. Um, if there was a distant you know area over there with you know an enemy camp, I got to the point where I was like, I don't care. I don't, I don't, I don't want to go all the way over there yeah. just to get there because you get nothing. I mean, or basically nothing from killing most enemies. Um, you might get a chest, you know, but there's almost nothing from right. killing enemies. So why am I going to take my time to run way over there, get this base, and oh, there's one treasure chest and the whole thing. Um, and the other thing is because it is so wide, it's real easy to just you know walk around them. Um, I keep thinking of World of Warcraft for some reason. Uh, I wasn't earlier when I was working on the review, but. Even but just right now, I am even in vanilla. Wow, um, you couldn't. I mean, you couldn't get off the beaten track. I mean, if you did get off the beaten path, I mean, there was wolves, there was whatever you know out there to get you. And so, um, this one you could easily get off the road and 
stay on the road, get off the road, whatever else. If you yeah. saw enemies, just make a little half circle around them and you're fine. And yeah. so, I don't know. Um, also, um, I had issues even after the patches with extremely long load times. Yeah, I um, noticed those right away. And, I mean, again, um, being very careful here. Uh, not comparing this game to Zelda, which is very... Uh, non-transitional it's a lot like wow where you just it's open-ended and you have Mm -hmm. very few transitions um i'm okay with the transitions that's not a big deal but the fact that the transitions uh took a long time that they were long low times um that just speaks to poor optimism optimization and i Mm -hmm. just didn't i just again it pulls it the longer you have to wait at a loading screen you start falling out of the world yeah yeah, especially when you, you're kind of trying to explore a little bit, learn your way around, and you're coming up to, you think that, oh, maybe I went too far, maybe I missed something, but knowing that you need to backtrack a little bit and you're going to run quickly into a door that's going to take the load time, it makes you less, you, you don't really want to do that. You want to try to figure out how can I avoid hitting that load load zone. Jay, what were you going to say about that load times? Um, like you said, you're not comparing to Zelda or anything, but that is something I really enjoyed when playing Breath of the Wild is, you know, you go into a shop or into an inn or into almost anywhere, um, and there's no load times. You know, you open the door, and the store's right there. You just walk inside like it's nothing, you know? Um, uh, And so, like you said, the longer the load time is, you kind of fall out of the game. You fall out of the mood. Right. You lose some of the magic. Right. Yeah. so I didn't play this game, but I can see how that can be kind of annoying and just frustrating. A couple of things that I did notice that were really odd, and I'm curious, Sam, if you noticed this, was that there was this really weird um, audio clipping that I found. And it's throughout the game, but specifically in the beginning area, I noticed the most. So I was standing in the middle of the market area, okay, mm-hmm. where everyone's at. And this is before I've, I have the main quest, but I haven't done the main quest. Like mm-hmm. I, haven't, I haven't went and, uh, what's, what's the, what's the first main quest? You have to go, um, to the guardians. You have to go to the temple or something like that. I feel like it's even before that. I don't know. It's the first thing your mom sends you out to do. It's the very first thing your mom sends you out to do. And um, I went out to the town to do it, and I get to the market square, which is totally empty, Jay. It's, like, totally empty. And um, I'm like, oh, man, everything's frozen over. I take one step, and then there's people talking everywhere. And I'm looking around in the game, and I'm like, what the crap is going on? That sounds like— There are people um, everywhere. And it it actually scared me because I was alone. I was playing with headphones and everything else, my my mm -hmm. AirPod Pros, noise cancellation— and this, and the, I'm listening to the music, and all these voices come out of nowhere, and I don't see anybody. And I'm like, what? And, I, and so I start moving, and it goes away. And I'm like, what the heck? So then I start walking around, and I found actual spots that would trigger all of this, these, <laughs> these people talking. Wow. So then I'm like, okay, well, that's just weird. It doesn't make sense to me. So I just dismissed it as a bug. And then later, I'm walking in town, another part of the town, where you don't see water or anything, but I hear rushing water. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> and then I keep walking. Oh, and there's a frozen river right there. And then there's a frozen waterfall. I, yeah, and then there's all this frozen. I'm like, wait, what is going on? It wasn't until I got the medallion, and or it wasn't until later on in the you know after that first intro of the game where you know, those, those meteors, not the meteors, but you know those things strike and everything turns to summer mm-hmm. in her town. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until that time and after I got the the winter medallion, I went back to the town into the market center and there's all the people talking. 
Wow. And I turned on, I activated the winter power or medallion and all the people go away and they stop talking. I, you know, turn it back to summer. Is it when you were in a bubble though? Cause it, when no, you- it's not, it's before that. It's before the, the, uh, the, the, what is it, the meteor or whatever? In the beginning of the game, I forgot what it was now. But what you just said is you, when you were, when you were in the bubble, it like stopped. Okay. Yeah. So, so what happened is, so, so the, you know, in the game, the meteor strikes, it all mm-hmm. turns into summer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Go back. Everybody's talking. Well, then I would, um, I can't remember what happened. I would refreeze whatever else. Um, and those people would go away in that area. Cause you can do some areas, you can do larger bubbles and the people would go away and the talking would stop. So that's what was glitching in the beginning of the game was that you were, you were hearing the summer people when mm. they weren't there. Oh yeah. And that's the creepy. rushing water you were hearing was the river, even though it was frozen. Yeah. And there were times where you could see some of the stones and you could see the blocks that were, weren't totally there and they were, yeah. So. Some weird stuff, really weird stuff. You know, it sounds like if, um, if that was like part of, the game and part of the story and stuff. It seems like that'd be a really cool concept. It, oh, I said to Mike, it reminds me of a movie or something that I'm trying to think of, um, but I can't. Um, oh, uh, Stranger Things. How she's I love like Stranger Things. How uh, uh, what's her name? L. No, no, no. Will's mom. Oh yeah, go Will, on. Will's Becky. mom. How she's in no. the house and like. No. Becky? No. He's, he's <laughs> just, go ahead. Go, oh, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. How she's like in the house and then the lights go off and stuff and she sees stuff moving. Mm-hmm. But since the Demogorgon is in the upside down, right. she can't see the actual Demogorgon, but she sees uh, the effects of it. Anyways, that's just what that reminded me of. So I thought that was cool. You know, it, it, I, I, I don't like being overly negative about a game, especially right. from an, an indie developer. Um, but one of my issues here is that this is a $40 game. Um, now, here's the thing. If it was a $10 game, I still wouldn't count these as acceptable. You know, you don't right. ship a game. But at $40, you would think this is a fully fleshed out, patched game. Yeah. And There's what, no what way they is- played this and said, this is good enough to ship now. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. Because when you'd go to, there was, I'm thinking of the one town by the river that you, not the main city, but... It's like kind of the settlement you encounter by the water. There, there wasn't enough there to make you feel like you were in a town. It was like they copied and pasted, you know, some buildings. Yes, but there wasn't a life to it. There, was there wasn't no, yeah. commerce. There wasn't people living. Like they had people there, but but it wasn't happening. The it game felt very shallow, yeah. half baked. Really, is a is a great way to put it. Like they, it was only half complete, and they tried to put it out there. And I think uh, you make a good point about the price is that five, 10 bucks, you can do that and get away with it. It's only five, 10 bucks, but for $40, you expect a well-polished game. I mean, what this seemed, what this felt like was, um, especially on the switch. We talked about, we talked about arc last week. Um, you know, arc came out in early access on Xbox when we paid, I think half price for it because it was early access. You you knew you were buying a game that wasn't complete. If this game came out and you knew it was going to be $40, but you could buy, you could, could have bought it for $20 as early access. And they told you it was going to take a year to finish it. But if you wanted to get in now at a cheap price to help the development, that's how it, the game feels. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's missing a lot of content. Even after they fix all the patches, it still feels like it's, it feels empty. Like yeah. it's missing uh, content. Um, yep. The only other thing, um, well, 
I'll, I'll, the only other thing I was going to say, and this is more of just probably humor on me than bad on the game, but um, <laughs> the first time I was playing it, I spent 20 minutes trying to find the last kid in a hide-and-seek quest. So there's all these side quests with the main story, and one of the first side quests you come to is a hide-and-seek. You know, you're talking to a little girl, and she wants you to find five of her friends. And I spent 20 minutes. I mean, I found four of the kids right away. Could not find right. the fifth kid. Couldn't find the fifth kid anywhere. Anywhere. Spent 20 minutes running around, not 20 minutes on the quest, 20 minutes finding the one kid for the quest, running around. Wasn't until later that I gave up on the quest, got the winter medallion, saw the shimmery water in the air, which I wish there was lore behind that, but that's more of just your visual indicator that you can freeze, and then there's a block there, and then you jump up on the house and you find the kid. Um, but that still was very frustrating. Very yep. frustrating. The, uh, and I did want to say one last thing, I'm sorry. Uh, the combat. The combat in this game, outside of the boss fights, is absolutely pointless to me. Once you get the the that sweet spot for the pairing with the enemy, you can take on anybody. Yeah, it's just a matter of your patience. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like, and that kind of brings up the point uh, when you talk to the vendors that are scattered around. And I and I haven't beaten the full game, so maybe they maybe they matter more later on. But based on the amount of time you said it typically takes to play the game i don't think so and that is you can do some upgrading and stuff but we have all was, but one one medallion right i have yeah i have all three i just because okay. i lost the winter when i have to basically get that one back all right so you're almost at the end i'm all so yeah i'm almost at the end there is zero need for me to go to those vendors they're like what in the like early on they had grand plans for them they put them in and then it was like totally forgotten there's not about. really a reason to upgrade anything so it was, um, it was just a bummer. I do want to say, because I think we need to move it on from the game itself, I, I, I really like the idea of the four seasons. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. I think yeah. one of the things I was doing today is is I was using, I think it's the spring or summer, the green one, when I was in the water. And when you put it out, it pushes away the water. And it it was just a really good, neat idea to be like, I, there was at one point I, I, I it wasn't, actually relevant to how you were supposed to beat the puzzle but at this you know i was trying to different things and i was trying to get on top of a box and so i went out of the bubble of you know where i was like there was land and there was no water i went went to the wall where the water is went into the water and swam up over the bubble and then kind of came down from the top of the uh from the top of the bubble and then as soon as i broke that you're back to where it's like pushing away the water. So I dropped down on top of the place I needed to be. And that was just a really cool idea. And I feel like they kind of wasted that idea with rushing everything else. No, I totally agree. And before we leave this game, I did want to talk about my final few points I have here that are favorable for the game. Um, I think that the properly utilizing the seasons to solve the different puzzles, um, I found it quite enjoyable. Really, um, it felt right excuse me, it felt right, it, it, it looked right. Um, I mean, it was fun. It wasn't just something I had to do. Um, the, there's been a lot of uh, uh, comparisons to controlling the, the seasons to uh, the... Uh, um, to Frozen? That's what it no, reminds no. me of. To the, <laughs> well, kind of, yeah. But no, to the Game Boy game, Mind Strong Blank, um, uh, Legend of Zelda, uh, Oracle of Ages. Mass? Oracle oh. of Ages. And... Um, I, I played and beat that game, and I don't remember it very well. But what I kept getting the vibe was was Majora's Mask, how when you would control this or manipulate the seasons around you, it changed the game. 
And in Majora's Mask, you were constantly changing out masks to do different things in the game. Um, obviously, totally two different reasons there. Majora's Mask, you're constantly resetting, you know, the, you know what, that 72-hour day or whatever it is. Um, time after time after time. But it, that's what it brought me back to. And I really enjoyed it. Um, so I thought, I feel like the game's built around a really cool, not just a, uh, not a fling, not a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not just a... I mean, it's it's a it's a true mechanic. It's, it's a not solid just mechanic. Yeah, yeah, it's not just like, a simple little thing out there. It's solid. Um, I just feel like the rest of the game is just not there. Like they wrote, they have a great idea for a story. They put it down. Uh, you get like the the meat of it's even there. The story was and then so it's rushed. Well, I was gonna say I, then it feels just like it's fluff. Yeah, it was. It was. I I felt like the story might have been good, except it happened so fast, and it was also the 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 love between. Ari or the love Ari had for the prince that was a little creepy. Well, I, I, that I don't want to touch on because it's it's one of those things to where what's your style? Uh, I've I'm a Pixar guy in and out. Um, love Pixar. I there are probably on one hand how many DreamWorks animation films I like. Uh, I almost everything from DreamWorks I don't like. I don't like the storyline. I don't like the, the, the I don't like the content. I don't like the animation. Uh, Pixar is gold to me. Um, Up still makes me cry. There are scenes in Toy Story that make me cry. <laughs> it just does. Uh, this game felt like what I would, if I was to play a Pixar game, then, okay, now I played a you know, a subdivision of DreamWorks or something. So um, the, the different Guardians, some of them are real. When they're all drinking their juice, uh, when she gets her first medallion from them um, and everything, and... I mean, and, but there there could have been and that's a fine. lot of humor in there that. There could have been. Had they fleshed that out better. It's, yeah. So, so, so in summary, in summary, um, this, this game, we were originally, I was sitting on it at a, at a high four, low five on the Switch, specifically on Switch, because in docked mode, the game was, was just broken. In handheld, it was pretty bad. Um, I did raise it to a seven. Um, I do think it's a, it's a, it's I a think, huge jump, especially I think, with what we've I know, been talking about. I know. Um, I, I, would, I would rate it as a 7. And here's what I wrote down. And let me just go and read this off. Uh, there is charm to be had as you follow along with Ari through the main storyline. And the changing of seasons to solve puzzles is enjoyable. But the game simply did not give me enough reason to come back and fully explore the, the world of Aldi. Um, I think it's a fun game. At, 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 I'll say it a 7. Um, not at the price range. Uh, put it on your wish list, and if you can get it, you know, on sale, fifty percent off or something, twenty bucks. I think it's worth twenty bucks, um, especially if they keep fixing the bugs. I mean, I think the time you can spend, you know, fifteen twenty hours there playing, if you fully explore everything. Um, but I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I'm going to set it at a seven, but that's where I'm at. I don't know. What would you give it, Sam? You're you're an unofficial. A reviewer just you know <laughs> right yeah my, my reviews are now, very, what, you, now what would you say what, what would you what would you give it um i mean a five yeah now is that pre-patch or after the patches i i didn't play enough after the patch i played yeah. a couple hours and there i ran into uh two i can't remember oh one of them was like the the snow on one of the towers was like horribly jagged and messed up and then there was the a platform you know i turned the camera at an angle and all of a sudden like a very normal anger angle and like it right. was flashing blue like crazy and this was after the patch so after the patch yeah so it was kind of you know it was just but yeah 
Well, five. there we go. That's our review of Ari and the Secret of Seasons. We're giving it a 7 out of 10. Um, it's an enjoyable game that is very short, very empty feeling. If you can get it on sale, maybe check it out. Um, definitely not at the current price where it's at. But let's move on from there. And um, I want to spend some time talking with you, Sam, about gaming with kids. And so yeah, let's do it. What, here, here's, what, um, here's what I've been throwing around in my head for a while now about this topic. So I've had this topic down for a few weeks uh, or I guess longer than that, Jay. You know, I've been talking it's about this for a while. while yeah. It's been quite a while. Um, and so, growing up, you know, growing up in the late '80s, early '90s with the original Nintendo, I remember the conversations um, being had between my parents and other other adults. I remember driving in, in the back seat of my dad's truck and hearing the radio talk radio talking about how bad games were in the SNES era and making kids violent. I remember all of those conversations about, you know, let your kids play Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, and it's going to raise up all these angry tendencies in them. It's going to make them violent behaviors. And I, mean, I remember growing up through all of that, and I and now I've lived a life, you know, I'm 38 now, and I've got kids, and I have to decide how I'm content rating for my children and, and what I believe and all right. that kind of stuff. And yeah. so uh, we've lived through a generation of gaming to where the gaming – Gaming didn't really even start until the Atari, into the, you know those the mid seventies right there, which then it fell apart. It was cool and then fell right. apart, and then it didn't really take place until Nintendo made it one of the largest uh, industries at its time in the early eighties. Where now it's uh, it brings in more revenue every single year than than movies and music combined. I mean, it's it's the biggest revenue. It's huge. Does it really? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh my gosh, yes. It's ridiculous. The gaming industry is huge generates more revenue than movies and music combined every single year. I know. I was shocked, too. It didn't make much sense I mean, the music me. is... By kinda, a big margin. Music, I could see it competing. I could see them two being on a similar level, but movies, I would think, especially with the money that, like, Marvel brings in and things like that, that's insane. Yeah, no. The gaming business is huge. And so I want to kind of see where we... You know what? What are, what's our take and having been raised on that and everything else? But before we get, get into that, because I know... Look, You've been on the show a few times, but not everyone has gone back to listen to those episodes. We get new listeners every single week. Uh, give a real br brief background on how many kids you have, what are their ages, you know, boys, girls, things like that. Okay. So my oldest is Christopher. He is 10 years old. Um, I have a daughter, Samantha. She is eight. Um, and then I have uh, Eli, my youngest. So I have three kids, and he just turned seven few days ago so happy birthday to eli um and how many switches do you have in your house i have two switches and yeah. did i know that oh yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. you got a light the kid switch oh no no, no the kid switch because you upgrade your switch that's right oh sorry yeah <clears throat> so we have two switches two switches uh kid switch and a me switch um so yeah and of course we have the other consoles you know well, you know you need Xbox. to buy two more switches i'm i'm down for it let's do it <laughs> just get two like two switch lights you don't need another whole switch i mean i think eli and samantha would be fine with the switch light yeah i think that uh samantha would get her a nice little light. pretty pink one or something i'm sure she would absolutely love that yeah um but yeah three kids um my two boys eli and christopher love to game that's their choice of free time love to game playing fortnite uh different games love minecraft they, they you know they're coming out with a fortnite themed switch right oh, yeah, uh, i mean it's that. it's oh, ugly man. but Oh, hey, kids, ask that for the Fortnite theme switch. <laughs> Save your money, kids. That's my 
traditional answer. Um, you threw me off. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. So my, my two boys love gaming, play lots of games, Minecraft, Fortnite. Uh, my daughter, Samantha, she enjoys the games, but she's definitely, it's not her. Uh, she can't spend hours in it like right. my boys can. And she's made comments where she's like, oh, nobody's playing with me. They're all playing video games. Um, and it's, it's kind of it's kind of cute to see that. And also, then I've got to figure out how to make the boys go play with her. So <laughs> just a question. Um, is she still the only one playing Animal Crossing in your house? Pretty much. She hasn't played it, I don't think, recently. You know, she has over 110 hours in the game. Does she really? I, I'm looking it up right now. I'm wondering if that's some of the... Boys play on her account, but no, they have. But they would accounts. have. They would have to play under her under well, under Joy because how it's set up. But yeah, hundred and ten hours. Huh. Hey, that's okay. <laughs> don't 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 worry about that. My wife has it. My wife has uh, over four hundred twenty four hundred thirty hours. I'm well. I'm not. She's approaching that four. She's approaching that four fifty like, mark. That's crazy. I'm just trying to picture like because I definitely would not have thought she's played that much because Joy's probably played a little bit on her name. But anyway. Uh, that that game she has played more than I think any others. So those are your kids. You've talked briefly already there about oh, uh, Minecraft. some of how what gaming looks like in your house, and um, you've talked about before how like when people come in town, you know, like you just said earlier or beginning of the show with your brother and his wife coming in, y'all playing like an old school Yoshi game and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, what is your idea? Like we talked about at the beginning of the segment about you know growing up in the '90s. Again, I remember the talk shows. <laughs> I remember hearing it on the radio. I remember seeing it on TV. I remember mm -hmm. the news reports. You know, video games are going to rot your brain. I mean, it right. was it was the new thing that was. You know, it's so funny going back over history. You know, when radio first comes out, you know, people were so anti-radio about right. how they would everybody would go dumb because they wouldn't read anymore. And then TV came out, and it was going to. You know, everyone's going to grow dumb again because they're watching everything and they're not, you know what I'm saying? And it's going right, to hurt yeah. your eyes. And then computer, computers and then video games. I'm just, it's, it's one thing, like every time a new technology comes out. Yeah. But not just video games, but specifically the idea that video games are making kids, from this is the idea for, from the 90s, making kids dumb, as well as the violent games like Mortal Kombat back, this is the original Mortal Kombat uh, stirring up violence and it's causing issues. And I'm asking these questions because two reasons. One, we grew up out of that generation, okay? And so we're products of that, all right? I mean, I wasn't allowed to play Mortal Kombat growing up, but man, I sure played it whenever chance I got at my friend's house, my cousin's house, whoever whoever else, you know. My cousin had the, uh, um, no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. My cousin had the uh, SNES version of Mortal Kombat, so we got the the punches of sweat and, and green goo, and then my, <laughs> my friend had the Sega Genesis version, so he had blood. Yeah, give me the blood when it comes out. Right. Um, loved Scorpion, loved all that when I grew up. It was just amazing, you know. Um, and I, I'm halfway normal today, you know. They're so um, violent. <laughs> and there are so many studies coming out right now about going back to the argument back in the 90s, you know, when all this was going on, and even going up, you know, to the senators and all that kind of stuff, you know, you know when um, all that was going on, um, about how uh, gun violence, time after time when they really look at it, is not tied mm -hmm. to video games. Uh, I don't want to go deep here because I know it's a sensitive subject, but even some of the school shootings they have found, you know, and everything else, they've gone back and looked at, well, they may have liked playing a couple of these games, but still when they look at the larger picture of how many there have been around the world, the vast majority didn't like video games. And so was one kid inspired to do something bad because of a video game? Sure, I'm, I'm sure that's possible, but it's not 
creating these mindless, you know, we're not, we're not brainwashing a generation to go up and take over another country because we did it in a video game or something. You know, I don't want to become a plumber. That is nothing. (laughs) I I, I have no aspirations to become a plumber. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you want to pop out a tail out of your, go fly and no, no, collect coins? (laughs) I can't say that I do. I'm not I trying to make. Like, a, I do like to run fast. Sometimes. I'm not trying to make. A, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to like you know to, to, to you know to overly simplify this, but I'm just where I'm at with growing up in games. Everyone that I know, they've got good paying jobs, they've got families, and it it changes my view on letting my kids play video games. I'm okay with it, and I'm I'm okay with you know playing Street Fighter with Jaden and everything else. Now, mm. when I play Mortal Kombat 11, I do put the little kids out of the room because that's a gory game. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just be honest. I mean, I, I do look at the content ratings, which is a question I have for you as well, is where where does that fall for you for content rating? Mm. Because a game like Pikmin is rated E, 10 and up, um, but they have to do some, they have to do content rating if there's even one thing in there. You know, that's, you know, they find a something that's, well, that needs to be rated ten and up, but the rest of the game is like Care Bears, right? You know what I'm saying? So, what what's your what's your take on this? What is your experiences? What have you done with your own kids? So, as far as my 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 personal experiences, I kind of grew up in a you know my parents were strict on not letting us game, both for content reasons and for. Um, you know, the time spent on it. Rotting your brain. Rotting your brain, absolutely. We weren't allowed to have one because of that reason, but go ahead. Um, yeah, and I like I have, you know, the, the, the story about, this, I'll never forget it, but a Mortal Kombat. You know, we had some friends that were living with us at the time, and they had Mortal Kombat, and we, for the first couple of days, we played it. Um, and then, I don't know what it was, but my mom came across some, some article um, that, basically the bad guy in it sold his soul to the devil something like that and it was like it became this evil i mean evil i remember evil game and we took it outside we took a sledgehammer to it we smashed <laughs> it up and i never played mortal kombat again and um and that that one actually that must have stuck with me. Because, we may have to stop being friends because i've got mortal kombat 11 on my switch and i love it well that was i was going to say like a lot of things that parents do, like kids don't necessarily genuinely pick it up. They just go along with it because they have to. I think that was something that kind of stuck with me. That So even though I, I never played Mortal Kombat again, but even now if I probably did, I'd probably feel like there's some some evil spirits <laughs> going on in the background. But um, definitely have my stories of that. And, and um, my parents, they, they would not let us play all that often. And I want to so, be very, very clear. I am not at all criticizing... Um, you know, parenting skills or decisions or anything. Every parent's doing the best with what information they have at the time Absolutely. in their hands. And so video games weren't a thing before our generation. Mm-hmm. You know, our parents didn't, they didn't play video games, so they didn't know whatever. I credit a lot of my um, the work that I've done in, in, in working with IT and the positions that I've had to video games. Video games sucked me into electronics where I enjoyed them and I wanted to learn how things worked. And that's why I built my first, you know, uh, 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 gosh, uh, 286, you know, machine. And I remember, you know, putting that first 14, four, you know, 
modem in there and thinking this is so cool and then upgrading the ram because my game didn't play it enough and so i went up to four megs of ram thinking i've got all that i would ever need you know i remember upgrading my hard drive you know because i needed to load a new version of organ trail you know just those little things got me into it and so video games have shaped a big part of what i've done with my life Mm -hmm. um and even to this day what i enjoy hobbying i've said it about the switch many times that um, I've always been a gamer at heart, um, but as you get busier with life and more kids, you don't have time to game. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Switch has enabled me to be a gamer again because I can game for 10 or 15 minutes sitting on the couch or yeah. uh, if we're going somewhere, you know, things like that. And so I, I'm not at all, um, you know, um, tr- trying to be condescending or bashing on, you know, the way Absolutely. we were brought up. Uh, my parent, I was allowed. I was I was allowed to watch Star Wars, and then I wasn't allowed to watch Star Wars. Yep. Then I was allowed to watch Star Wars, and then I wasn't allowed to watch Star Wars. And my kids have been raised on Star Wars. Um, we all make our own decisions, um, but there's different data now that points to games, and um, I do value the content rating on games. And so, how does that play a factor in in how you let your kids play and what they play and things like that? Because there's a there's a difference in the content rating between. Um, console video games and even mobile games. I want to hear your thoughts on that. So start with like, you know, console games. What do you let your kids play? So just to clarify the question, you're talking about the content rating? Content rating. And this all kind of bounces back together. And so you you can go back and forth, but I'm just kind of curious how that content rating, you know, affects your decision, what they play. Yeah. I I think a lot, a lot of it, what I allow has to do with what I remember me personally, what I enjoy, what I like to do, what I thought was okay, you know, in, in some ways is, you know, where, whereas my my mother would have said something was way too violent, I would have been like, well, this isn't so bad. Um, and so, you know, I've enjoyed letting my kids play first-person shooters. That was, as a genre goes, my mother probably disliked first-person shooters more Oh, that was than, a big deal, yeah. Uh, because you're a first-person and you're killing people and things like that. And so... Um, but I've, but I, you know, I, I enjoyed the few that I played and, and I know that, uh, um, you know, my kids enjoy doing that. So I've allowed a lot more than, than I was allowed. Um, I think I typically, as far as content goes, I, you know, I don't like a lot of, um, excessive violence mm-hmm. or maybe glorification of it or just, the uh, gratuitous, the extra, the, the, the moments and scenes where, where they do it, you know, for the sake of, for the sake of, of trying to be violent. Right. Um, so, you know, my kids, uh, we've limited, you know, call of duty, mm-hmm. uh, to Christopher and, and only, you know, fairly recently have we kind of started allowed him to, uh, you know, when he's at his cousin's house to maybe, you know, do it a little bit. They've, they were allowed to play zombies and things like that, but the rules kind of been, you know, you can't really do the campaigns because that's when you kind of get into the the heavier stories. The you know, then you have then you're talking about language, things like that. Um, you know, more mature themes as far as you know the the story goes and things like that. Whereas something like zombie mode, you're just killing zombies. And so even though the, the zombies can be a little bit graphic in the sense that they're off, they're falling apart, they're trying to eat you. It's not, it doesn't have some of the weightier elements that, that some other content has. No, I totally agree, agree with you on that. The fact that if it's if it's putting whatever it might be, rather it be gore, rather it be blood, rather it be you know, even sex or violence, if they're putting it out there on the screen just to make it just the to, game. Right. I you're right. Just to push it, just to throw it in your face more. To make you, right. yeah, to make you play it more, whatever else. 
you've got to take each game by its own content. Um, but on the, you know, like the ESRB ratings that, that all the games receive, um, like a, um, a huge N64 game, you know, Perfect Dark, GoldenEye. Um, have you played those with Christopher? Would you play those with Christopher? Um, I, let's see, I would play. And is it, and, and the answer, yes or no, is it based on the content or is it based on the rating? So I think I would play him with Christopher. I think the only reason I'm, I'm, I'm not or wouldn't is because it's such a dated game. Um, I don't think that in this maybe, you know, I don't know if this is going to bring up a subject we're not ready to talk about yet, but, um, kids are kind of spoiled with the, the flashier games these days. Mm -hmm. So some of the really good quality games that are dated now, um, suck. They're just, <laughs> they, they don't, they don't appreciate them. They don't appreciate them. Like when I, you know, when I was a whippersnapper, when I was walking up hill and downhill ways in the snow to school, like you, you, you appreciated it. And that's because that was all you had. Mm -hmm. um, they suck, Jay. And there's, and there's, of course, they, there's games now, um. you know, good-looking games that have great stories for sure. So it's not that, you know, games have gotten... I'm not saying games have gotten worse. They're not as good as they used to be. Not saying that at all. I'm just saying that there's a lot lot of good, solid, you know, games that are just so dated now, it's hard to go back and play them. And that goes for me, too. Um, I probably wouldn't go back and play 007 as much as I remember loving the game because it's it is so dated and um i love perfect dark just that opening music as well not not mean music sound effects when yeah. it comes over her shoulder into the computer terminal just that oh just yeah love it i the reason i was asking is those games um content content wise if you look at them um there's a little bit of blood and everything else and there's like you know some digitized yelling Rah! and you get shot and everything else but both those games are rated t for teen which ones GoldenEye and Perfect Dark. Those are T for teen, not just E, you know, 10 and up. Mm -hmm. um, those are rated T for teen. I mean, you're an assassin. You're, right. you know, you're putting, so you're putting a head in a scope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, Fortnite is T for teen. Um, and again, those games, it, while it's very, you know, jubilee and just colorful Cartoony. and very much, you're still lining somebody up in a scope. Right. The, the idea. Of the idea the is a lot darker than what we, and, and I'm not, let me, say, let me say this way. The idea of what they're doing is very dark compared to, I think, what we look at it on the surface, but it goes right back to the same argument of the 90s of are we instilling things into our kids? And that's where I think, and I think you've already touched on it, but that's where we've got to kind of look at the difference between, well, what's the what's the ESRB rating? We'll start mm -hmm. with that. Um, if it's, you know, in for mature, okay, you're staying. <laughs> it's mature for a reason. You're staying away. Um, but and everything else, so you got to look at like, well, what's the what's the rating? But then why is it rated that way? Well, is it is it rated that way because one character in one opening cin cinematic has a cigarette, and after that, it should right. be like an E-rated game. Um, but then again, even then with the fighting, I mean, I've got family and I've got friends with young kids, and you know they're they're very cautious, understandably so, around different kinds of video games they have to deal with, uh, rather it be fighting, you know, with you know like street type of fighting, you know, like street fighter game versus, you know, a game like Fortnite or, or Call of Duty, um, those kinds of games. And I think it does depend on the individual child. I think everybody's, you know, different and how mm -hmm. they handle different things. Um, but at the same time, you said it earlier about kids being used to all these flashy games. It's hard to go back to some of the classics. I also am curious if now because 
television and movies and everything else have gone such a certain way that kids are desensitized to a certain level to where they can handle somebody shooting them in the back with a shotgun and they die. Oh man, lost all my stuff. Yeah, versus, I was, I was gonna mention versus, that. Yeah, you know, I'm just. Right. So where where does that well, line I fall? Mean, I think that that, that, that that word desensitized. I think that 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 was my mom's word of like the fear that what video games would desensitize us to violence. But um, do you feel like that's done that to your own life though? To where I'm desensitized right. to violence. You know, I've, I've, I've definitely wondered at different times, you know, what would I be different if I didn't play these games and things like that. And, and I, I don't, I don't think so. I think um, a great, great example of why I don't think, I don't think so. My mom, when you know when we were all really little and she had the first few kids she was and always was anti-violent just no violence but she was really hardcore when we were kids so i've been told um we couldn't we couldn't play guns we couldn't pretend to have guns we couldn't play with swords we couldn't do any of that and she kind of as the years went by she would tell the story how she it slightly fondly and then there was part i'm sure there was part of her that felt like she failed in in some in a small way but she would say how her how the boys would we would we would make anything a gun that's a boy <laughs> and, and and that's kind of what i look at and say you know that's that's not because video games are evil and desensitizing it's because that's how boys are and that's not to say girls aren't that way by any means but it naturally you just kind of there's that rough, there's that, you know, fighting, the challenge, the combat. Like, I think that's always going to be part of what people are. Right. And, no, and I totally agree. And I don't have, I don't want to go deep on this because I have no data to back this up. But I don't feel like there's this escalation of violence in in my life based on games I've played. And I'm going to take it back to the kids that you just said. Cause my, my boys do the exact same thing. They see a stick outside. It's a it's sword. A sword. <laughs> you know, you see a broken broom. It's a sword. And it's you know? better than the really actual toy <laughs> sword. Exactly. Have, that you spent a lot of money on that works great. Um, played a lot of games growing up. And, you know, again, everything from, you know, the original Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat's that were very basic up to, you know, some of the more modern Call of Duties and everything else. And never once have I ever wanted to throw a chain at somebody's chest that you know, went through them and pulled them back towards me as I yelled, get over here. Um, never. And so, <laughs> um, but and I say that be jokingly, but I don't believe that there's this escalation in violence as it goes back to the original argument back in the 90s about an escalation of violence of video games. And here's why. I think it's just a matter of where we are right now. I'm not saying that's for good or for bad. Here's what I'm saying is if, if, you know, going back years and years and years, and let's go, let's go way back before guns were a thing, okay? If video games were around and guns yeah. weren't a reality, um, swords would be the big thing. Well, the right. first time a gun was in real life, it appeared in a video game, it would be like major overhaul, stay away. Okay, well, now we're further past that, and what used to be a big deal if a kid came out with a little water pistol and some parents, and I understand, would be like, no, no, no guns or whatever else. Well, if my kids don't even see that, but in real life around, they're seeing the bigger things and everything else. I don't feel like they went from a two to a five and then a five to a nine. I feel like that base level of a two is now just a bigger gun or it's just now a bigger sword. Um, instead of it being a stick sword, now they want a lightsaber. You know, Instead of a lightsaber, whatever the next big thing is going to be, they want this laser arm. I don't know. But what I'm saying is I don't feel like their violence level in their own hearts go from a two to a five to an eight to a nine to a 10 and everything else. I think it's this is what is... This is what it's expected. 
Um, you're, if you told your kids you've got to walk to school tomorrow, they're not, they're not, they're, I mean, they're not going to look at you and say, okay, they're going to think you're weird. Why aren't we taking the car? Let's just get, that's the expected lifestyle. Yeah. And so when I look at the, the games that we're playing like Fortnite, um, yes, be careful. But at the same time, it's like, well, they see more of this on TV and stuff and movies are becoming so real and the Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, you name it, whatever you want to say. Right. Um, again, not about desynthesizing, but it's like that threshold level. I don't think if my if my son right here at fifteen, you know, uh, plays a game or well, look, he won't see you, Jay, because you're not going to go out and find a stick. But Caleb, who's nine, isn't going to go outside and find a stick and and make it a lightsaber. And because he's playing Fortnite, he might find a few grenades he's going to throw as well. Right. I don't feel like his level of violence in his heart, as far as the way he sees the world, is any different or any more than it was when I was 10 years old or 11 years old yeah. and played my first Street Fighter game. Yeah. And I mean, and again, talking about, you know, saying something with no actual data to back it up, I think that it's always been, even in days before they had TV electronics, that idea of, of as old as humanity that the glorious battle and and that the imagination and stories and where there's a there's that fighting there's yes. that overcoming you know the bad guys and 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 good triumphing over evil it, that's that's you always that's always been there and, and there's you'd always want to encourage be, that you know as far as overcoming evil and if you're going to do it give them a bazooka right they don't yeah. need a water that's, pistol right Jay, what so, are your I, so I don't think that those ideas are made worse by video games, and and I, I w but at the same time we do, I do you know my wife and I we watch how our kids handle it. There was a time where yeah. when we first started letting Eli play Fortnite, he made a couple comments that were a little violent to other people, and we were just like, "Whoa, okay, you <laughs> that's not, not allowed. We you're not playing Fortnite for a while," and we just kind of felt like he wasn't able to separate the way he, he should be able to do. And, and so I think that that right there is the biggest thing yeah. for me that we've always talked about with our kids. You have to be able to separate reality versus, you know, what you're playing. And mm -hmm. if you can't separate that, then that's when you got to pull back. Um, I know Jay, we've talked to all of our kids about that. This isn't real. Um, this is not how you act. It's fun to have that little game right now right here, but you know, this is not how you act. Jay, what were you going to say? Um, you mentioned it earlier, but I think it really depends on the, the, the the kid and how they handle things different uh, movies that they see or different games that they play um, because you know different uh, you mentioned how you know different kids will or like you just said you know some kids some people struggle to you know find right. the the difference between a game and real life you know um, so I think it's important for I think it really just depends on the person and how well they can handle things and how well that the kid just uh, yeah, keeps I it in their head that it's a game. You know right, what I mean? Making a great right. point. Um, for example, you know, Christopher at times has just something that's scary has bothered him in different ways. Right. And so we've intentionally stayed away from uh, scarier games, spookier games, and even ones that are probably fine we i don't just, like scary and games that's either. the thing Jaden can relate to real well is I that scary games. <laughs> uh he does not want to do nope. anything with scary games scary we played movies, um layers of fear a couple years ago was that a couple years ago uh, i think it was two years we ago we played yeah. that a couple years ago and i 
hated going to the bathroom for a month or two <laughs> because that was a he scary was game. He was too young. I was bad. That, that was my that was a he scary was game. Well, I, I didn't <laughs> so, know. Sorry. I didn't ever Thanks for it. being the guinea pig. Caleb. Yeah. Caleb's yeah. going to be great. I Mike is going to be great. <laughs> I didn't know. No, they're not playing it. However, you have over the last few months have said at different times. It is. Yeah. I'd like to go back and play it again. I would like to go play it's, it because it, it, really, it was a really good story. Yeah. Um, but I think it really just depends on, you know, and like you said, you know, just the heart of the person. Because, um, you know, different things affect different people different ways. We watched Tenet oh, yeah. um, a, f- uh, a couple week, weeks ago. We can have to go get And that movie was very violent. And so my heart hurt a little bit when we were watching that movie. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is really sad. There's a lot of people dying right now. Um and, you know, it wasn't anything, like, terrible, but, you know, I just noticed. And it wasn't graphic. It was no, just yeah. intense. It was just really intense. And I noticed, like, kind during the movie, movies, yeah. right, I was like, this is this is serious. This hurts a little bit, you know? Um, so I really just think it depends um, on the – I don't think video games are corrupting anybody or, like, well, let me ask you. destroying a generation. You're 15 now, and so do you feel more violent – um, do you feel more t- more more prone to lash out because of <laughs> games that you've played or movies that um, you've watched? Um, look at Caleb and Micah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like they're more violent or prone to lash out? You know, in you know, with homicidal tendencies. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> How old is Micah? <laughs> Four, five, <He's> five. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, not due to video games. They do lash out, but not 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 <laughs> due to the video games. That's just that's just because they're still trying to come right. into the deep understanding of their inner. You know, still trying to use their words and trying to use their words. I mean, just uh-huh. the, the Pixar film. Mm-hmm. Um, right. What was it? Uh, uh, joy? No. What? What? My, one, the the emotion one. Oh, inside, oh, inside out. out. Yeah, inside yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're still coping with inside mm-hmm. out. That's all it is. That's Man, all it is. Uh, Some of them are, 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 you know, they're too ready to push that, you know, that atomic right, button. Right. That's all it is. And you mentioned it uh, earlier also that, you know, movies and shows and everything, it's become more normal for a gun to be on the screen or a fight scene, you know, that it, it doesn't have as big of an impact when it's in the game. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, I didn't grow up in the 90s, so I don't know what it was like. But hearing y'all talk about it, oh, it was hardcore games. <laughs> <in terms of laughs> what? And it how was, it was like it such was a tense. Every day was like living yeah. in Street Fighter, man. <laughs> <laughs> you'd walk to school and you'd have like a trash can lid to protect yourself from giant turtles that would come out of the sewer. Hey, it I wasn't was allowed to play Ninja Turtles because I didn't specifically, play any of those games. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to because God did not intend turtles to be ninjas. Are yeah. you serious? That's what I was told. Oh and because I wasn't allowed to be Ninja Turtles because well, it was and because it was of fighting. the Eastern you know, mythology and religion stuff that gets mixed in with you know ninja and things like that. And so um, we had to sneak quarters at Walmart while mom's checking out with groceries. Me and Matthew would sneak out with quarters and play the arcade turtle game. Such a great game. I want that on Switch. You guys were bad, man. <laughs> oh, whatever, whatever. Um, bad kids. We, 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 we need to move on here. So I, I do want to say this. Um, I, I am all for, you know, when it comes to raising your children, specifically raising your children, you need to censor what needs to be censored. You need to go with what, you know, you're, you're, you are in charge of the tone of your house, period. And so, um, you know, we've got, we know people who let their kids watch rated R movies and they're eight, and I think, what are you doing? You know, 
uh, things that would terrify me. Um, you've got to take charge of your children because there, there is whatever you put in them, it will come out. But there's that healthy parenting that says, you know, again, hey, we can have fun playing this game. We can have fun playing right. Fortnite together. And this is just for fun. Right. But here's how we treat people. Here's, how, here's respect. It's, it's, it's almost like the whole argument. If we're going to blame video games, then go ahead and start blaming teachers again as well right. of why they're doing a bad job raising your kids. No, you're raising your kids. And so monitor what they're playing, what they're watching, and everything else. Um, and if they can handle Fortnite or Call of Duty or whatever else, do it with them. Don't just leave them up there by themselves. Do it with them. I think gaming with your kids is a really important thing because you're seeing what's on the screen, not just on the content rating of the box. You know the game inside and out. Um, and again, it falls back on the parents of what are you establishing in your home? Um, and like you said, like with, with Eli or with any, any one of my kids, if they draw one thing out of a game that's wrong, I can be like, ah, hold on. That's not what we do, you know. And then if we need to make changes, we make changes. But yeah. it, it does come back on the parent. And again, I I did not play Mario Brothers and decided to become a plumber. So it, it did not affect me in that way. So. Yeah. And kind of speaking to that real quick, um, that when it comes and and this goes back to your earlier point, content. You know, what's the actual content versus what's the rating? And I think it, you know, using that using the rating as a general guideline and then kind of knowing a few more details about it and more specifically what makes it about that rating i think it's good and and the resource of common sense media that website has been tremendous uh for me to we kind of use it a lot you know look through it review it see what it says and then kind of make a decision for myself to not have to necessarily watch the movie or read the book in in different ways so i love, really enjoy that website yeah uh, we, um, we're going to skip Indie Corner because we are over our time. Uh, the one thing I did just want to ask in, in this last thing on the subject uh, is about mobile games. How, what has been y'all's best strategy on mobile games? Uh, we, have, we have, I don't know how many iOS devices in this house, multiple iPhones, multiple iPads. Um, all my kids have had both. <laughs> and we have family sharing set up. So anytime Caleb or Micah or even Jaden, for that matter, want a new game or app, uh, it sends us a notification. We have to then approve it first. And I had to teach Melissa early on, just because it's free and it looks like a little kid's game, you can't approve it. You have to see the content rating because uh, Micah was downloading puzzle matching games, real simple kid's games, but the ads they were putting in there were 18 plus. Yeah. And she wasn't noticing them. Like, you've got to look at the ads. And so it's a way that uh, if you're not careful, things are getting slipped in. And so... Um, just what have you, what have you done to kind of circumvent some of that in your own household? Um, yeah, probably the main way is that we just don't let our kids have phones. Um, Christopher has a phone now, but it's strictly, it's really for, you know, primarily music. And then of course it's, you know, it's my old iPhone. So he's got a lot of games on there and they use it and things like that. But even with their tablets that they've had over, you know, a couple different ones over the years, they've been very locked down. We have the same restrictions. They can't, they have to get, you know, a password from us or they have to ask permission with the iPhone, things like that. Um, and, and definitely probably the biggest problem are those ads because, you know, everything seems fine and dandy until, one of those pops up and you're just like, oh, wait, okay. You know, <laughs> you can't with, play this game anymore. <laughs> so con really paying attention to the content rating, really paying attention to what you can see up front because you can only see so much up front. And I think the last thing I would add to this, um, and Jaden would definitely attest that he knows this is true, is that um, we tell our kids all the time, um, hey, if there's anything bad, you know, let us know. You're not in trouble, but just let us know because you don't need to play that. And yeah. Micah was playing a game yesterday, I think it was yesterday, 
or today, I don't remember which, but uh, a song came on, and it sounded like a, like a song that I wouldn't let any of my kids listen to, but I, I couldn't, t- it was like, I couldn't hear it just enough. I was like, what, what is that? And he's like, oh, it's an ad. And I'm like, and I looked over at Jaden, and Jaden seemed fine with it. So I was just like, okay. I was like, hey, remember, if it's something bad, you know, come tell daddy, okay? Yeah. But it's, be, it's still being intentional in their lives rather than just, here's a tablet, here's a phone, just, you know be quiet and go sit in the corner type of thing, being involved in their lives and what they're playing with. Yeah. And if that's the case, I think, you know, we, I think we have a great generation coming up. So anyway, all right, well, that's going to wrap it up for our show. Uh, thank you again, Sam, for coming on the show with Absolutely. us. That was a really fun discussion. I enjoyed that a lot. And uh, anything you want to say in closing? No, no. Just give you more. So. Just give you more free games. Don't, don't think it was a good topic. I enjoyed it. We kind of wish we could uh, touch a little more on it because I think there's a lot of good good stuff in it. Yeah, there's a lot. We'll have to have you back on the show and do more of a family based episode. Maybe bring um, maybe bring either you know uh, uh, I was gonna say Joy and since we've never had Joy talk about you know husband and wife talking about it or bring Samantha on. I'd love to have Samantha on the show and and Christopher like Andy Lie just have them all on and everything else. But yep. it's it's, a, it's her turn. So Jay, any last words from you? No. I don't think so. Okay. Remember that you can find all things that we talked about, whether it be games or whatnot, uh, links in the show notes. And again, be sure to follow us on Twitter at DadsGC as well as Facebook.com slash DadsGamingCorner. As always, you can email us and drop us a line at HeyDad at DadsGamingCorner.com. And be sure to like and subscribe and leave a good review and share with your friends where you are listening to this podcast. We are pretty much everywhere now except Pandora. Uh, Pandora is dragging their feet like crazy, but we are in every other platform. So yay us for you. So until next week, stay safe, play your games. Talk to y'all next week. 